Everyone, please bow your heads. Lord, I just thank you for today, and I thank you for being able to be here today, and I thank you for everyone that's here. Lord, I just hope that you'd give Dan what we need to know and what we need to learn, and just I hope that you help us learn what we need to know and guide us on our paths. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kelsey. I appreciate that prayer. Please, Lord, give Dan, give Dan something, something, because y'all are staring at me like you need something. Um, we're in the book of, was written by, he also wrote the book of, he's one of the 12 doctors. His mother's name was? Yes, I have no idea. Uh, so we're in the book of, of, of Acts. Y'all, y'all, y'all know that well. Last week we spoke about a faith that what? Faith that what? That does not save. Very good. It was about a faith that does not save. You were close. And um, there were three three uh, views that that sort of helped lead to a faith that doesn't save. You had a fault, faulty view of anybody remember any self? A fault a faulty view of. Salvation and a faulty view of sin. Okay, very good. And it was about the the, uh, the story of of Simon, who he says that when he heard the word of God preached by Philip, that he believed, he was baptized, and he followed Philip around, and and and, and seemed to be like he was growing, but he had a wrong view of self. He had too much view of himself being great didn't see his true need for God. He had a wrong view of salvation. It, it wasn't for his gain on earth. It was for an eternal gain and a right relationship with God. It was for God's honor and glory. And a wrong view of sin. His sin, his sin wasn't that bad. He didn't repent from his sin. He, he couldn't see it. So, so that can lead to a, a, a faith. You can have a faith in God. You can go to church. Uh, you can have, have pray to prayer. Uh, and um, and you, you live right, but you could still miss this with this wrong view of faith. And so this week, the next part that we're in, in Acts 8, our, our, our title for tonight is A Faith That Saves. We, we sort of looked in the text of faith that doesn't save, and this is a faith that saves, and this is a beautiful text. And there's one or two things in here that I am totally convinced, because I'm old and I've worked with youth for a long time, that there are many in this room that are going to go, oh yeah, that's that that that's me, and I know that because of the conversations that I've had time after time with stu- students trying to fig- figure this thing out, this walk with Christ and what it's supposed to look like and how they're supposed to be and, and all this stuff. So hang with me tonight. There, it's it's um, a lot of text, but we always have a lot of text. Uh, hang because it's just so important. For you to get to understand, because you might go, yeah, I know what a faith that saves is. The got the got gospel, you 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 sin and sin keeps you from God, and you can't get there without Jesus. And so, yeah, I know a faith that saves. But let's look in this text and see what really it looks like, because there's a lot of things that comes that take to account to a faith that saves. So we're going to start with our opening scripture in Acts chapter eight, verses twenty-six. We're going to read the verse. 31. I want to ask as we read this first text, if y'all just stand as we, um, and part of of why we stand is because it's just a reminder each week that we honor God's word, uh, that through the week, man, 
honor his word. How, how, how do we honor his word? We read it, we study it, we live by it. Um, and so we regard it with high esteem. We don't always stand every time that we read the scripture, but, but once a week we try to do that in here. At least one time as we read, we stand to be a reminder, man, this is important. This is the word of God, God's word. It's not Dan's words that are important on this night. It's God's word. So let's read this in uh, Acts chapter 8, beginning verse 26. It says this, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. He had seen, he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And was returning seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the, the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, we need... Uh, you in this place right now, uh, just to 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 speak uh, to each heart in here, Lord. I, I just ask for you to move and for you to work as we look at your word, Lord. May we put phones down, may no distractions get in our way tonight, and may we just hear you speak to us, each of us, uh, individually tonight. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, Amen. All right, ha- 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 have a seat. Now, for a faith that saves, I've got three sort of main points, and and they're going to come from this text that we're at, and we're going to finish the text out. We'll read to verse 40 by the end of the night. But the the first faith that saves has three major characters. A faith that saves has three major characters. Stay with me here. The first one is, is it always starts with the work of the Spirit, a faith that saves always starts in the, with the work of the Spirit, which is the whole, 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 whole Holy Spirit. Now, look in verse 26. It says, An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem and to Gaza. So the voice of God, in behalf of God, is speaking to him, saying, Hey, go and do this. Have you ever felt like you've heard God speak to you and say, go do this or go do that, or speak up here, or ask forgiveness here, or make this right here, or honor your parents here. You hear that, right? Have, have we not? This, this means you. Yeah, yeah, okay. That helps me out a little bit. Verse 29 says, and the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So we, we see here the Holy Spirit is active in this passage. And without the Spirit moving Philip to act, nothing would have happened. Okay, without the Spirit moving, Philip would not have gone to where he said go, and then the Spirit said to go and speak. Nothing would have occurred. Now, what happens when you stab a dead man's foot with a fork? Anybody know? Anybody have any, has anybody done that before in science or anything? Okay, yeah, okay. 
what happens when you, okay, what happens when you stab a dead man's foot with a fork? Nothing, Nothing happens. Why? Because he's dead. What hap, 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 happens if, if you, you try to stab a live man's foot with a fork? Does he move it and he tries to drop kick you and, and flip around and bust you up and all sorts of stuff, right? That's so. So why, why does a dead man do, do nothing again? Why? Do dead, dead, dead men move? No. no. Look in Ephesians chapter 2 real quick. And we'll have it on the screen. And it says this. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the, of the power of the air, the spirit is now at work in the sons of disobedience. It goes on saying, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nat- 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 nature ch- children of wrath like the rest of ma- mankind. It says, you are dead in your sins and trespasses. The Word of God says that, 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 that your heart is dead, not responsive to God at all. It doesn't seek Him. It doesn't try to find Him. It doesn't move. But then it says this in verse 4. While you are dead and there's no hope for you, you are not going to go to God on your own because you're dead. Dead men do nothing. Verse 4, it says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he, ha- he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. But God, man, the Spirit has got to move. If the Spirit doesn't move, we're not going to go towards Him. The Spirit extends the invita- invitation to us. Through that, we respond. Three ki- Characters are in this story, and to have a faith that saves, the Spirit of God has must be there, and it moves first. The, the second thing we see in here is the willing participant, an angel of the Lord. Now, if an angel of the Lord appeared to me, I think I, would, might, I might be encouraged to do what he says. Would you think you would do if this angel bright, wings, powerful, strong, go and brush your teeth? You'd be like, okay, okay. You'd brush them so hard, your teeth fall out, right? So... He says, go, in verse 27, Philip gets up and goes. Now, it's interesting that he says to go to this road, and it's, it's a road that's between Gaza and Jerusalem, and it's a route that is rarely used because it's just sort of a barren piece of land. And there's like a main road most folks use, but there's this other side road. It's not really the sightsee. It's just a, a different road. He, he sends him, go, hey, Go to this road that really no one goes on. God doesn't always make sense, but he's got a plan. Verse 29, once he gets there, the Spirit, the spirit says to Philip, go over and join his chari- chariot. And it says that he ran over. He jumped up and ran over. So we see a spirit. the Spirit first work, does a work, and then we see the willing ser- servant. S- someone's there to do what the Spirit says and to help out. A faith that saves, 
there's the spirit at work, and then there's, there's someone, whether it's a, a preacher, a friend, a parent, a missionary, somebody is there to help deliver the message. And the third person in this story is the, the, the seeker, this Ethiopian eunuch. It says two, two things. We know that he is, is seeking because it says that he went to Jerusalem to worship. Who did he go to worship? Anybody know? Not Jesus yet. Good question. Good, good guess. But just God, the God of the Jews. That's who was in Jerusalem. That was who you would, if you went there, that's who you're going to worship there, the God of the Jews. So he's seeking the God of the Jews, and he's reading the scripture. So he's seeking. So we see the seeker, the, the, the servant who speaks up, and the spirit at work. So a faith that saves, it's got those three, three things in it. And anybody you met, you go, well, I know someone that um, a Bible was given to them, and, and then uh, years passed, and they found it and read it, and it changed their life, and God spoke to them, and they got saved by that way. Well, the Bible got there somehow. Somebody paid for it to be printed and, and passed out or given out. There's always a participant, someone at work. Um, now, <clears throat> There's a, through the years, uh, I've had so many students come up to me and say, man, what if I didn't pray it right the first time? I mean, I think I might have gotten saved a year ago, but I don't think I am now, and I don't think I've got this right, and, and so what if I, I missed it? And so, and so this is, is what they say. They go, man, like last night or uh, two nights ago when I went to bed, I was like, okay, Lord, if I didn't get this right the first time, save me now. Put my faith in you, in Jesus. Amen. Uh, and, and you go to sleep. You wake up. The next night, you get to bed. And right before you go to bed, you go, okay, Lord, I know I did this last night, but I'm trying to get this right. Don't raise your hand, but I guarantee there are students in this room that have done that very thing going, oh, and they've come to me going, I don't think I've got it. I don't think I've got it right. And as we've talked, this is what I've, I've gotten to share with them. The fact that you're seeking after God and trying to get it right is a beautiful sign that the Spirit of God is doing a work in you. Because you're not going to seek God on your own. Your, your heart is rebellious against him. Without God at work, without God's moving, you're running that way. So the fact that you're like, oh, I'm just trying to get this right, and I'm sort of scared that I didn't get it right, that's probably a sign for most students I've talked to as we've talked through it. You, you're, you're getting it right. God's doing the work at you. Keep pursuing. Keep seeking. That, that, that's a very, very good sign. Now look at verse 29. It says, and we, we read this, we're going to read this part again down to verse 34. In the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him, heard him uh, reading Isaiah the prophet, and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was re- re- reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the, to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shears is silent, silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his gen- generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. 
And the, 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 the eunuch, the lost man, said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. First, first in order to have a faith that saves, you've got to have three main characters in it. The Spirit, the one to, to, to share, and the one to re- receive. You, you've got to have that. The next thing you've got to have is the proper presentation. And in this text right here, we see two things. What makes uh, the gospel presentation, right? This is what it is. It must be centered on Scripture. It's got to be ground in Scripture. The truths are ground there. We, we as um, uh, without the Word of God, we have nothing to anchor us or to, to hold us firm and steady. We will go our own way. Uh, it, man, man, man will, will, will there, 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 there are uh, many, many ways that seem right to man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. We, 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 we tend to think we know what's best, but if we don't, aren't sort of chained to the word of God and what it says, we're, we're going to get astray. So it must be centered on scripture. Um, uh, if we don't, I just wrote this, if we don't f- focus on God's word, we will always default to our wants. If we don't focus on God's word, our wants are what's going to be the, the default set, setting we will go to every time. Even when we've been living in the word and getting it right, and once we just sort of give our, our own wants a chance, we'll, we'll, we'll slip right back there. You've got to be centered in scripture. Now, he's is reading out of the book of Isaiah in, verse, uh, uh, in chapter 53. Now, where he's reading is very important, and God has brought Philip to this place to meet him as he reads this scripture right here, which is talking about the suffering servant who was to come, uh, and that was was Jesus. And now, if we we look at that text, and I think I've got it on the screen, and uh, beginning in verse 3, it says, He was despised, rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. This is what the guy was, was reading right before Philip got there. Uh, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he was, he, we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities or for our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are all healed." Do you see Jesus all over this and what he came to? And then it says this, all we like sheep, dumb sheep, don't forget, we are dumb, nasty sheep. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid not on us, but on him, the suffering servant, the iniquity, the sin of us all. And then it gets to that verse that he, he was reading. He said, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that's led to slaughter and like a sheep that, uh, that is before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. And so he asked, who was this guy? Who was this talking about? Is this the guy who wrote it or is this somebody else? And Philip says, the first thing, it's gotta be, you've got to be, be centered on Scripture. The second is it's got to be centered on Jesus. Without Jesus, 
And the, the, the sacrifice that he gave, there's no forgiveness of sins. It says in, in Hebrews 9.22, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. If you leave Jesus out of this, salvation doesn't come. The gospel doesn't come. In, in John 14.6, I don't know if you've heard of this before. John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way, the, the no man comes to the Father but by me. That, that's what he said. He said, I, I am the way. I'm not a way. He said, I am the way. It must be centered on Jesus. And what's great is, is, is in, in, in Acts there when it says um, that Philip uh, began to, to, he opened his mouth and beginning with the scriptures, he told him the good news about Jesus. Now, understand the word of God, throughout the word of God, the whole thing, it points to Jesus Christ. It, it points of our need for him. When sin comes into the world and man cannot be, be fixed upon his own, we see that we, need, we are in need of help, of a Savior to come. It, 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 it shows, it prophesied us in Isaiah 53 that he, this is the one who is going to come, not in man's way, but in God's way. And he would suffer not the way that you would think God would have to suffer, but he, he would do it as a sacrifice to pay for the sins of his people. That is, and then the, the word of God talks about his birth, his life, his death, him being rose, uh, he, he, he rose again, and that he's going to come back to rule and to reign forever and ever. So it's centered in scripture and it's centered on Jesus Christ. And so Philip we don't know exactly everything he says, but we know that he takes the scriptures and what this man has, has read, and he begins to go through it and shows him how it points to Jesus Christ. And then it says this, verse 36, Acts chapter 8. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized. And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the, the water Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Now, let's read verse 37 together. So look at verse 37. If you've got your Bibles. And if you look at your Bibles, unless it's a, a King James, most of them don't have verse 37 in there. Do y'all see that? Because Liam was like, He's like, I cannot find it on the screen. Sorry, Liam, I didn't let you know about that. Verse 37 is not there. There might be a little footnote or a little side note, or it could be in quotes. And this is what it says. I just want to share with you, and, and this is why it's not there. First, let me share this, because as I, I, I say this, I was like, where's verse 37? Is that weird that it's not in there? Okay, y'all agree, it's because that's a fellow. And so I said, well, this is a, a what is in newer manuscripts that have been found from 600 A.D. and later. But in the older ones before that, 250 A.D., 125 A.D., those that are far back, this, this, this line is not in there. So we don't really count it as being canon. It's believed that a scribe put it in there to help to clarify, just to make sure folks understood. Because what it says is good. It's just not the Word of God. It's just he was trying to explain what was going on. So I just want, to, want you to hear what that, that verse says in the line of verse 36. Then I'll read the verse 37, and then uh, 
we'll look at verse 38. It says, verse 36, which is the word of God. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? Verse 37, that's not, not in there. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that G- Jesus is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stop, going back to the word here. And they both went down into the water. Y'all see how that's, that flows? Because it almost seems like there's a gap in the conversation there. He says, uh, what, what's, to pre- you know, what's to prevent me from being baptized? And he says, uh, see, here's water. And he said, well, stop and let's do it right now. And it's interesting, just a little side note here. What was said there is a baptismal confession that was used in the early church there in verse 37. When they would baptize someone, they would say, do, do you believe that Jesus Christ is, uh, is the Son of God with all your heart. And they would say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God with all my heart. At that point, they would baptize them. We'd sort of do some of the same things here in our church here. Why is that part important? Well, the first step in faith is that you, you've got to have the Spirit at work. The, the, the second part to have a faith that, that saves, it's, it's got to be centered on Scripture and Jesus. It's got to have that in there. The third thing is there's got to be the, a faith that saves has the proper response. What is the proper response here? We, we see that Philip evidently shares a lot more about who Jesus is. It, it doesn't go word for word. It sort of skims through what it is, but we know that he talks all about Jesus. And, and Philip has preached, and he's done this to crowds. And he's led them to Christ, and he, he's made sure they've gotten it right. And as he's along this road here, he shares it with this man, and the proper response that Phil, Philip has is what I, I would say a response of faith. See, a faith that saves has a response of faith. It says, there's water there. What, what prevents me from being baptized? If he's at that step already, he's already gone, yes, yes, I need this Jesus. I am a sinner, and I am lost, and I am hopeless with that, without him. I, I need I need him. I cannot live without him. And then they come across this water. He says, what prevents me from being baptized? The proper response is faith is you've got to believe. This, the second proper response is confession. You know that bat, baptism of that day and of this day, it is an outward expression of an inward transformation. It is you showing to the world, hey, I have given my life to Christ. I put my faith in Christ, and I'm dying to myself. And you're dying to yourself every day, every hour, every minute. You're struggling. You're, you're getting it right. You're not getting it right. Look up here, guys. Up here. You're not getting it right. But it's you saying, hey, I am fighting with everything I have to live by faith put my faith in Christ. And I am, am, am dying to myself. And that's why you're laid in the water. You're immersed all the way like you're buried in the ground. You're dead. And what can you do when you're dead? Nothing. Right? Nothing. And you're raised to walk in newness of life in Christ. He takes what is dead and he puts it to life. That's what he does with us, with you, with me. And there's confession. It's a, and but, Baptism was a public confession. It is you saying to the world, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Around the world today, there's Christians, new believers in groups where it's, it's against the law to be a Christian or put your faith in Christ, that they are going and being 
baptized in front of, 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 of some people who will reject them and attack them because they are making a public confession. Because if they can't do that, they can, well, then how can I live by faith with it? I'm going to give my all with whatever risk there is, I'm going to live for them. It's got a public confession. And then it's got one third thing in the response, and that's joy. There's rejoicing. It says that, that uh, and, and, and when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the, the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. And we live the rest of our lives with joy. Why do we have joy? Because we have experienced the grace and mercy of God that we do not deserve, that we can never earn, and we have no right to expect him to give it to us, but he did. And because he does... How can we not live in joy when we understand the depth of our sin, but the greatness and the love of our God, who he gave his son up and let him be tortured, beaten, spit upon, and killed, sacrificed, so that that we we could be in right relationship with God. Now, I I think I I love our youth group. I, I could I could most everyone that I know, and if I don't know you, I love you still because God's supposed to. But I, I do. But if they said, "Hey, you you got to uh, kill Noah to save the whole group," I feel like y'all are smoking crack. You know what I'm saying? That just it blows my mind that God would take His Son, His child, who His the Son of God, He takes them and He allows them to die for dead people, for dead people who don't deserve it. In verse 40, it just goes on and says, But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. And that's where it ends our, our scripture for night. A faith that saves. A couple things to ask just before we, we close tonight. First is the Spirit of God speaking to you tonight. And I think God speaks many times, and a lot of times we, we shut him down because it's just, it's not a good time. It's not, it's just stuff's going on. I'll do it later. I don't have time to get some of this right. If they knew what I did, if they knew what I had to repent from and the sin of my life, they would never let me come back in this church. There's all these things that, that I think the Satan and the, and the, the ruler of, the, of this world tends to throw into our minds to prevent us. And get, when God's spirit goes, hey, hey. I know what you've done, but I love you, and I want you to come to me and trust me and begin to walk with me, and I will help you through this mess you feel like you can't get out of. You, you don't get clean and then go to God. You go to God, and then you, you, you allow him to work through you and in you. It's God's Spirit speaking to you tonight. You understand your sin, and your, it, it, it separates you from God. You're tired of fighting against God and living for yourself. You're ready to put your faith and trust in the completed saving work of Jesus Christ who died as a sacrifice, who, who gave his life because he loves you. You think you've experienced love in this world? We don't even grasp a drop of what the love of Christ is like compared to this. This world doesn't compare. It doesn't begin to reach. I love my wife greatly, and I would fight anybody who, who tends to want to hurt her or go after her, but the love of God is so much more passionate than the love I could ever love my wife with. 
It just it doesn't compare. That's how God feels about you. You may look in the mirror and go, I can't be loved. Man, you don't understand the love of God for you and what he gave up for you. So what do we do? I want to ask for all heads bowed and eyes closed just as we wrap up. Just sort of put stuff down if you've got it in your hand. Sort of don't, don't, don't fidget. I just want you to hear my voice for a second. And more importantly, I want you to hear God uh, if he's speaking to you. Uh, I believe the Spirit is here in this place. Uh, and for some in this room, God has been quietly give, giving you a nudge going, Hey, man, it's, t- it's time. It's time to, to lay that down and turn to me. Help me. You know, let me walk with you. The gospel's been shared as we focus on the word and on Christ and what that means. Now what do we do? This is it. First, we respond in faith. How? Uh, you going, Jesus, as best as I know or can, I place my faith in you. Turning from my sin and t- turning to you, and I accept the freely given sacrifice you've paid by dying on the cross for my sins. You may go, God, I don't know I don't know why you love me the way you do, but thank you for loving me the way that you do. A second thing, we respond with confession. What is that? It's telling somebody that, hey, you know what? God is doing something in my life right now. Maybe for the first time, I'm putting my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It may be, you know what? There's this, this sin that I've been holding on to that God is telling me clear as day, let go of. Or it may be, man, tonight I'm going to place my faith and trust in, in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And you've got to tell somebody about it. If that's you tonight, man, first of all, I just want to be able to pray for you. If, if God is speaking to you specifically about putting your faith in Him, and, and you are, want to do that, or God's speaking to you about it, or you've, as I've, I've shared those words, you've said them to God with all your heart, and you meant it, and really feel like for the first time you may have got it, I just want to pray for you tonight. And just, just ask you just to look up at me. I can't pray for you unless I know. So if you can just look up, meet eyes with me, and you can look right back down. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Right, dear God, I thank you so much for, uh, for those that looked up and say, you know, I want to put my faith and trust in you. I want to follow, follow you. God, I should ask that you'll help them just even be bold to, to talk to their parents, to talk to, to any adult, my wife or myself in this room, just more about it as, as we try to work through this thing called faith in you and a faith that saves. There's a se- second group I want to speak to tonight. It's those that, that, that go, you know, I think I'm a believer in Jesus, but there's sin I'm holding on to with a tight, clenched fist, and God is speaking to me to let it go. And I just want to be able to pray for you. So if you just want to look up, meet eyes with me, you can look right back down. Okay? All right. Okay. I'm coming to the other side of the room. Okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Okay. Got you. Okay. Anybody else? Raise your hand if I missed you. Okay. Got you. Dear God, I thank you so much for, for um, 
the fact that, that when we, we, we struggle, that you pursue us um, all the more. And God, I ask for those students in this room that go, man, I'm struggling. I thank you for the courage to admit it. But Lord, may they have the courage to, to not just admit it, but turn from it, repent from it, turn away from it, follow you, seek you, honor you with their lives. God, just give us the courage uh, to speak up when we need to, to follow and let go of things that don't give you honor, and uh, just to be men and, and women of God uh, who are light to a world that needs to see you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.